Good evening. I am uh, really excited to be here. Who is here at this camp for the first time? See, I have to raise my hand too because I've never been here before. And uh, for me, you guys are helping me set a record because I've never spoken to an audience of boys this big. So you guys are the biggest, best audience I've ever had yet, right? All right. Well, my name is Dan Letha, and I work for a ministry called Reasons for Hope, and uh, I get to do some really awesome stuff. All right, so tonight we're going to talk about creation, which I've been in creation ministry for, I don't know, going on 30 years. Where were you guys 30 years ago? (laughs) You know what I do for a living? I am a cartoonist. And so there's a sampling of some of the cartoons that I've drawn over the past number of years. And uh, when I speak to audiences, it's kind of like show and tell for me. So you guys are going to see a lot of my stuff this week, all right? So my name is Dan Letha, and there's some of the cartoons that I draw. You know, one of the favorite things that I get to draw, though, over the years is dinosaurs. I love dinosaurs. All right, so there's a picture of my family and me. That's my wife, Marsha, our daughter, Hannah, and our little dog, Shadow. We live in the state of Kentucky, right at the top, right there. And uh, who here has been to the Creation Museum or the Ark Encounter? All right. You guys were just within a few miles of my house because we live really close to those places. All right, so I'm part of the Ministry of Reasons for Hope. And there's a few of us. We've actually doubled in size since that picture was taken. And, uh, you know, I was looking at the theme for this week, and the verse is what? What's the verse? John 10.10. Creation in our topic this week fits that verse very well. In fact, I want to have you think about something. It says, The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. So why is there a thief? And why do, why does he steal? And why do people steal and kill and destroy? Those are bad things, right? But the end of that verse has some good stuff in it. That has an, I have come. We're going to talk about who that person is. We're going to talk about life and where that came from. And we're going to talk about how you can have it more abundantly than what's going on right now. All right, so great stuff that you guys are starting out with. And this week, I highly, highly recommend and encourage you asking questions. Come up to me and ask me some questions. Your counselors, anybody else on staff, this is the place to do it. So if you've got a question, that's fantastic. We love it. All right, this week we're going to talk about, is the Bible true? Does God really love me? Why do bad things happen? So we're going to talk about some fun stuff, and we're going to talk about some heavy, heavy stuff, too, because that's important to know about. All right, so uh, I had some campers help me out with today's talk, and uh, this group right here helped me ask the question, does God speak to us? Does God speak to us? Well, actually, yes, he does. He does speak to us, and uh, in fact, we have a very important book called The Bible, which is God's word, and God speaks to us in his word, right? So so what is the Bible? It's an instruction manual for life, but there's also a different way I want you to think about the Bible this week. And we're going to talk about this. We're going to name this particular title for the Bible 
quite a few times. It's called the History Book of the Universe. Now, up in the upper right-hand corner of that slide, do you see something? A little pencil. Do you have your books ready to go? Because you're going to take some notes. Whenever you see that little pencil logo up in the corner, the slide has a word in it that you need to write down, okay? So history is the word that you need to fill in for that particular slide. The Bible is the history book of the universe. Now, if, you're, if you don't have the stuff tonight, you can get the words from your counselors, all right? So look at the earth there. Does, do you see some pretty ugly stuff on that earth? There's death, there's racism, there's pain, there's hate. And then there's fossils too, which I'm going to explain why I've got that on there as well. But, but this earth is something that we need to look at through the lens of Scripture. We need to have the Bible and look at the world and have God's Word speak to us so that we can make sense out of some of those rather difficult things, okay? So we're going to do that through a, a series of words that start with the letter C. We call it the seven C's of history. And uh, you guys are going to be saying this in your sleep by the time you leave camp. All right, so the first one is creation. The second one is corruption. The third one is catastrophe. The fourth one is confusion. Five, Christ. Six, cross. And seven, consummation. Now, some of those have some kind of big words. This week, we're going to be defining what those words are, so don't worry if you don't know exactly what they mean yet, but uh, that's going to be very, very familiar to you by the end of camp. So, the seven C's of history. And what's the Bible called? The history book of the universe. All right, so tonight is creation, and that's good news, right? Creation is a happy topic. We're going to have fun talking about creation tonight, and uh, we're going to be in Genesis chapter 1. So that's where most of my content comes from tonight, just that first chapter in the, the first book of the Bible. God created the heavens and the earth in that first verse in Genesis chapter 1. So many people ask, how long did God take to create the universe? And that's a really interesting question. God tells us in scripture, but sometimes people don't know if, well, should I believe him? There's some people that say that it took longer than that. So how long did he take? Well, I'm actually going to go to the book of Exodus for this one. Exodus 20:11 says, for in six days, the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and he rested on the seventh. All right. So not only do we find that in Genesis, but we can find that in the book of Exodus as well, the second book of the Bible. All right, so I'm going to go through the days of creation. There's a little pencil up in the corner. I have to go through these a little faster than you can write. So either you can look the answers up in the book of Genesis sometime later, or I can get the answers to, uh, to your counselors for you, and then you can ask your counselor what the words for the different blanks were in today's notes. Day number one is earth, space, time, and light. And the order of events in the, in the six days of creation are very, very important because we're going to be talking about them later on in the week. So day number one, earth, space, time, and light. Day number two, he separated the waters above from the waters below. It's the only creation day where really nothing was created, but uh, he did something to what was already there. So it's, it's probably the, the oceans separated from the atmosphere, something like that. All right, and then on day three, the dry land appeared, came out of the seas, and then God put plants 
on top of the dry land. And then day number four, he leaves the earth and he, he fills in the rest of the space. And so it's the sun, moon, and stars. You could say planets and all that other stuff that's out there. God created on day four. All right? Day number five, we return to earth, and uh, he creates the flying creatures and the sea creatures. So all the swimming creatures and all the flying creatures. All right? Sorry, I have to go fast. And then on day six, very, very important day, the last day that God made anything, he made the land animals and he made man and woman. You see some animals on there that are kind of, hmm, what's, what are those doing in there? We might, have, we might have a little bit of time to talk about those later on this week. All right, so day number seven, what happened? What did God do? He rested. Right, God rested on day number seven. Did you know that that's the origin of the week? Why does a week last seven days? Because God took seven days to make the heavens and the earth, and he rested on the seventh. Or six days, and then he rested on the seventh. So those are the six days of creation. And again, the, uh, the order of events there are very, very important. So was it six actual 24-hour days and not millions of years? Who here has heard that everything took millions and billions of years to make? Have you ever heard that before? Sometimes if you go to school, they'll, they'll say stuff like that. Or if you watch TV shows, they talk about millions of billions of years. So we're going to talk about that a little bit here and there. I don't have time to really give it a good treatment tonight. But um, yes, it was six days, just like the Bible says. And each one of those days was about 24 hours long. And uh, stay tuned. We're going to talk about some of that a little bit uh, as the days come. So watch for it. Right. What about the creation of the animals? We saw that in the days of creation, but there's some very, very important things that we can know about God's creation and, and animals. I love animals. You guys like animals too? Yeah? All right. So let's, uh, let's think about the animals. The text in Genesis chapter 1 uses the words after his kind or after their kind quite a lot. Take a look at this. Um, when it's talking about the plants that God made on day three, it says, according to their various kinds. Um, the word kind is what, what I want you to pay attention to. All right? And then on day five, when he made the flying and swimming creatures, it says he made everything according to their kinds. And then when he, he made land animals and man, um, everything was made according to its kind. Now, People are trying to figure out, what is, what's the word kind mean? And I really want to make it simple for you. What kind of animal is that right there? It's a wolf. What, is, what, what kind of animal grouping does the wolf belong to? It's a dog, right? It's a cool, wild dog, but it's a dog. It's, it belongs to the, the dog family. Or you could say the dog kind. All right, so... Um, Say that this is one of the dogs that God made in the Garden of Eden, and then time goes on, and we, we go up to, uh, say, the right before Noah's flood. All of a sudden, with all that little passage of time, you have different varieties of dogs, different breeds of dogs, right? So they don't all look like the wolf anymore, but some of them are small and big, and, and some of them are light and got polka dots on them or whatever it is. Dogs can look very, very different, can't they? but they all came from that first original dog. Now, I have a question for you. Do dogs change? 
They do change. I just, I just showed you that, that they could and they do. But here's the important part. What do they change into? Just, just different dogs. Do they, do they become a different kind of animal? They don't. They stay dogs. And that's very, very important. So that's what God means when he said, everything was created according to its kind. Nothing changes into a different kind. That kind is, is the limit. Now you can, inside that limit of the kind, you can become smaller or larger or have long hair, short hair, all those different varieties of dogs, but they're all still dogs, correct? Okay, now let's think about this. How many different kinds of animals do you see in that picture? Two. So there's the dog kind, and then there's the chicken kind, right? The chicken, I guess the chicken kind would be a kind of a family. I have a funny but serious question to ask. Do you think that a dog and a chicken could have a baby? Do you think so? Do you think, do you think scientists could work their science magic and kind of make a mixture between a dog and a chicken? Okay, everyone quiet down. I'm going to show you a picture. I'm going to show you a picture. I want to let you know, let me know what you think. What do you think about that? Okay, raise your hands if you think that's real. Raise your hands if you think that's just Photoshop. It's just Photoshop because, shh, it's just Photoshop because real science shows us that you cannot mix a dog and a chicken. It, it's impossible. But why is that impossible? Because that's the way God made creatures, according to their kinds. All right, do you think this next picture is real? See? Okay. All right. So just with a little bit of Bible knowledge, because that knowledge comes from God... You guys are really smart all of a sudden. You've discerned that that animal, as funny as it is, is fake. Very good. You guys are a little bit smarter. All right. So um, let's think about this. If you learn about evolution in school or wherever it is, you see a chart like that. Does that require one animal kind to turn into another animal kind to turn into another animal kind? Does it? Yes or no? It absolutely does. If you look at the creature at the very bottom, that's supposedly something that everything else started from, right? And that thing had to change into all kinds of different animals, different kinds. And then by the time you get up to the top, there's like a a, a person and an ape and a bird and a tree, all that stuff that we have around us today. How many different kinds of things did it have to turn it? Probably hundreds of thousands. Uh, who knows? Okay, so according to what we learn in the Bible, is that possible? It's absolutely not possible. It's impossible because simple biology shows us and God's word tells us that one kind does not become another kind, does not become another kind. All right, so 
here's another animal. It looks a little weird. I want you to tell me if, oh, raise your hands. Everyone be quiet. Shh, shh. Okay, raise your hands if you think that's fake. All right, raise your hands if you think it's real. Okay, it is real. <laughs> All right. It looks like a lion. It looks like a tiger. It's actually a mix between the two. It's called a liger. I can't, I can't talk over you. All right. How about this one right here? A bottlenose dolphin and a false killer whale. You mix those two together and it's called a wolfin. That's a real animal. Okay? Now, these, these next two, shh, these next two, some of you may have seen if you visited the Kresh Museum or the Ark Encounter because these two animals, the Zorus and the Zonkey, actually live at the Ark Encounter right now. And I'm a little bit upset about that because they belong back at the Creation Museum, but, you know, that's just me. What's the Zorus? It's the mix between a zebra and a horse. The Zonkey is a mix between a zebra and a a donkey, right? Okay, so here's my question. How is that possible? How can, how can that happen? Okay. All right. You guys are you guys are catching on. A, a zorus and a zonkey can happen and a liger and all those other animals can happen because it's all the same family, right? They're all the same kind. So you can't mix a chicken and a dog because they're two different kinds, but you can mix a zebra and a horse, same family. All right, now let's think about Adam and Eve. Two human beings, the original human beings that, that were, uh, were created by God on day number six with all those other animals I showed you. God said in uh, Genesis 1.26, and let us make man in our image after our likeness. Do you think that's what Adam and Eve look like? Do you think that Adam and Eve somehow came from something like that? With what we just learned, why would that not be possible? Because that would require some sort of an ape creature to turn into a human being, would, wouldn't it? And that, that's not right. That doesn't happen. Okay, so if that's not your grandfather, then that can't be your grandmother either, right? <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Genesis 2, 7 says, And the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. So Adam was actually created out of the dust of the ground. He didn't come from anything else. God made him special. So the first human being isn't related to any animals. The Bible makes that clear. And then, um, well, here's a, here's a chart that some of you may have seen before, the evolution of man. Pay attention how I have this appearing on the screen because it starts out with some sort of ape-like creature, and then that changes into something else, changes into something else. Something else, something else, something else, and then it becomes human at the end, right? So you've got one kind turning into something else, turning into something else, and it becomes human. 
with what we've just learned from the Bible. Is that possible? It's not. It's impossible. It doesn't happen. All right. So um, how did Eve come around? We found out how Adam came around or how he was created. The Bible actually tells us that God put Adam to sleep. He did a little surgery on him, took out a rib, and he created Eve special for Adam. All right, so that's how the woman was created. And then a very special event took place. Very special event. And it should be something that helps us know what true marriage is these days because God took a man and a woman and the first marriage took place in the Garden of Eden. So that's what marriage is supposed to be. And we know that because... God has told us, and that's God is the inventor of marriage. If someone tries to redefine that, change that into something else, then they're going against what God has set as what that actually is. All right, so I have another very, very interesting thing to show you. All right, we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about vegetables and plants. And I have a little mind-blowing, mind-blown alert to put up here because some of you guys might, well, Whoa, I never realized that was in the book of Genesis. I can't believe that's amazing. Okay, you ready? All right, this has to deal with the original food menu for the entire earth in the book of Genesis. When, when God made the earth, this was the menu for everything. Right? Genesis 1.29 says, And God said, See, I have given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of all the earth, and every tree whose fruit yields seed, and it shall, for you it shall be food. So what's he saying shall be food? All the plants, or the plants were made for food. The next verse, Genesis 1.30, he says, Also to every beast of the earth, to every bird of the air, and to everything that creeps on the earth in which there is life, I have given every green herb for food, and it was so. Did God say, and you can have some hamburger and hot dogs and stuff like that too? Did he say that? He didn't say that. What was everything eating? Plants. Everything was created vegetarian in the beginning, and that's important. It's so, so important. All right, so sometimes people laugh at creationists because we, we say, okay, I believe God and his word and everything in the beginning, there was no meat eating. And they say, oh, come on. Have you seen some of the animals? Some of the animals in the fossil record and some of the animals we have today? They have to eat meat. Meat is a requirement. Otherwise, they're going to die. Have you seen some of the teeth that these animals have? They're amazing and sharp, made for ripping things apart. Look at this monkey right here. You want to see his teeth? All right. Look at the teeth on that thing. What do you think the diet of this particular monkey is? Okay, everyone, everyone quiet down, I'll tell you. The title, the name of this monkey gives it away, and it's super cool. You ready? It's the only monkey. Look at those teeth. It's the only monkey that eats grass. It's the grass-eating monkey. That's its food, and it has teeth just like that. All right? How about this animal right here? What do you think this thing eats? It probably eats 
It probably eats fruit because it's a fruit bat. Look at the teeth on that. It needs sharp teeth to rip, a, rip, a, uh, rip into mangoes and all kinds of other teeth that, or uh, fruit that have, maybe they have some hard shells or some hard skin, and it just bites into them and, and gets that yummy, yumminess on the inside. All right, so there's a fruit bat going at it with those very, very sharp teeth. Here's an amazing story. This is true. There was a lion that lived its whole life and refused to eat meat. This lion lived back in the 1940s and 1950s. Its name was Little Tyke. (laughs) Little Tyke grew up... Now, lions, when they're small, like all mammals, they drink milk, right? Little Tyke never wanted to stop. When Little Tyke became the age of a lion, it starts to switch from drinking milk to eating meat, he wouldn't eat the meat. They tried to trick him, or trick her, it's a, it's a female lion, they tried to trick little tyke by taking some milk and putting the smallest little drop of blood in the milk and thinking that they would keep adding more over time and after a while little tyke would acquire a, a, a favoring of, of blood in the milk and then maybe they could transition over to meat. The littlest drop of blood, and little tyke would refuse its milk. The owners of the lion thought, oh, this, this thing's going to die if we can't get it to eat meat because lions have to eat meat. It's a requirement. We all know that. And they even put out a reward for anybody that could figure out a way to trick little tyke into eating meat, and it never did. Little tyke's diet, in fact, here's a picture. <laughs> Little Tyke hates meat, hated meat. And uh, Little Tyke's diet was, was a mixture of wheat and milk and eggs. And that's all Little, little Tyke ate for its entire life. Do you think Little Tyke was kind of an unhealthy lion and it, it kind of got by just eating that stuff, but it never really got really healthy? There was a veterinarian that saw Little Tyke and took a look at her and said, this is this is the healthiest lion I've ever seen. And a lot of people that were Christians that knew about Genesis 1.30 kept talking about that verse. And how in the beginning, all the animals, lions and whatever else they had back in the Garden of Eden that we would think of as meat-eating animals, in the beginning, there was no meat-eating. And little tyke looks like a reminder of that, a reflection of what it was like back in the beginning before there were animals that were ripping each other to shreds and eating each other and killing and all the bloodshed and violence that we have in our world today. Little Tyke is a kind of a reminder of that. All right? So again, Genesis 1.30, every beast of the earth, every bird bird of the air, and everything that creeps on the earth just ate plants. So underline that in your Bible sometime and go back and think about that later on. It's an amazing verse, and God says, basically, in the beginning, there was nothing wrong with the world. It was, it was well, here, let's look at this. Let me see if this is the right scenario, all right, for how the book of Genesis ends. And when God was finished creating, he looked at his creation, and he said... Oh, not too bad for a first time. It's okay, but 
I could do better if I took more time. Do you think God said that? No, God doesn't need any time to make anything and anything that God is going to make because God is a good God and a perfect God. It's going to reflect the creator and it's going to be perfect just like he is. All right, Genesis 1.31, there's that logo up in the corner. And God saw everything that he had made, and indeed, it was very good. So there was evening and morning the sixth day. So God stepped back after he had made everything. He looked at his creation, and he liked it. It was very good. So there was no death. Think about that, a world without death. There was no disease. There was, there was no cancer. There was no killing. And there was no meat eating. Because you have to, you have to kill something to get meat. That's how you get meat. You kill animals or whatever it is that you're getting the meat from. Now, I want you to think about this. If you're learning about the earth, and you're thinking about it being millions and billions of years old, and say, say God made that world, right? And it's millions of years old instead of the six days like we talked about. The millions of years, no matter how you try to spin it, it always has death and disease and cancer and killing and meat-eating. The only way that you can have an origin of the universe without those things is the six days. So, and we're going we're gonna to talk about what that means a lot tomorrow. So, God pronounced his creation very good. Here's another thing I want you to think about, and we're going to talk about this in a little bit too, um, on other days. Romans 1.20 says, For since the creation of the world, God's invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that, and he's talking about atheists, people that say there's no God. God says, what I have made is plain to everyone. I've written it on their hearts that they should be able to recognize this is my artwork, this is my handiwork, and if they say there's no God, what's the last two verses in that verse, or two words in that verse? They are without excuse. They cannot stand before God at the end of their life and say, but God, I didn't know. I didn't think you were real. I, I didn't see any evidence that you had made anything because God has said, no, you recognized it and you denied it. So without excuse is another uh, thing to write down in your little booklets. All right, so is our world very good now? No. It's not. And so I want you to think about the difference between the world that I talked about tonight and the world that we live in. And we're going to talk about that tomorrow morning. We're going to talk about that tomorrow night. So today is um, life. It's more than a game. We're going to have fun here at camp. We can play games, but there's rules to follow, isn't, aren't there? Rules are very, very important. And uh, some rules were broken. And now we have the world that we live in. So um, tell you what, if there are some people here that have questions about anything that I've talked about tonight, or maybe you, you think, you know, 
God is very good and I want to know more about Him. Maybe I really want to talk to you about getting to know who God is in a personal way. I want you to talk to your counselor tonight or sometime during this week. We'd be happy to have you do that. All right, so that's the end of my talk. All right.